Our scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 21 through 23. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, reveal your will to us. Help us to learn to live life your way. Give us the courage and the strength to follow. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Friend-to-friend evangelism. That was my first lesson in youth ministry way back when I was 18 years old. Uh, My boss, my first boss, a guy named Mark, really stressed to us the importance of building relationships with people if we wanted to win them to Christ. We first had to become their friends. And so he instructed us to spend a lot of time cultivating those relationships. Uh, He talked about building time, and by that he meant relationship building. So in my youth ministry days, I spent a lot of time on the basketball court. Not what I'm best at, to be honest. Uh, This old boy really can't play basketball, but that's what my guys are doing. And so that's where I was, building relationships. Uh, Doing movie nights, going to concerts, uh, hosting parties, all sorts of things where friendship happens. That was our starting point for ministry. We had to become friends. We had to, and here was another of his phrases, we had to earn the right to be heard. You say those kids weren't going to listen to me because I was a college-age Christian, but they would listen to me maybe if we built a relationship. You see, people really don't care what you know until they know that you care about them. And so we had to earn that right to be heard. Friendship was the very cornerstone of uh, of our Christian ministry. But just as much as Mark harped on friendship, equally he harped on us that we could not become buddies with our kids. We had to be friends, but not buddies. Now, as 18-year-olds, we wanted to know what is the difference. We kind of used those interchangeably. Well, here's the way Mark explained it. He said, a a buddy is somebody that you'll get in trouble with. Somebody you run around with, somebody that will cover for you when you do the wrong thing. They they cover for you when you cheat in school or when you skip a day. Uh, They tell a lie to your parents when you aren't where you're supposed to be. A, A buddy gets in trouble with you. A friend, on the other hand, according to Mark, a friend was one who would hold you to your best. They would hold you accountable to what's right. <coughs> Excuse me. They'll hold you accountable to what's right and call you out when you got it wrong. Now that didn't mean you couldn't be friends anymore. But a friend is somebody who was working for, hoping for the best in your life. Now, I'll be honest, I've had both. I've had friends and buddies, and I've been both. And to be real honest, it's easy to confuse the two. It's easy to cross those roles sometimes, isn't it? I believe we even do that in our relationship with Jesus. We're, we're prone to confuse those two ideas in the way that we relate to Christ. 
Now, to be sure, Jesus calls us friends. For my entire ministry, I have focused on the idea that Christianity is not a religion, but a relationship. It's not about following a set of rules and beliefs, but about cultivating a deep relationship with the God who created us. And I believe that to the core of my being. Jesus taught as much. Jesus, speaking to the disciples and to us, says, No longer do I call you servants, but friends. And so Jesus himself invites us into this friendship. And that's incredible. It's incredible to think that we can be friends with God. But we must take care because I believe it's also possible to become too familiar with the Almighty. It's easy for us to begin to think of Jesus more on the buddy end of things when we forget who it is that we're talking about, the God of the universe. It's easy for us to begin thinking of Jesus more like a buddy. Here's one of the giveaways for me. When I discover that Jesus always agrees with me, when I discover that Jesus always supports my candidate, when I discover that Jesus is always voting for my opinion, then maybe I'm looking more for a buddy than a friend. Maybe I'm doing my will in God's name rather than seeking to follow God's will. I, I try to ask those questions of myself because if we're not careful, our divine friendship can devolve into divine buddies, at least on our side of things. I wonder if that's what happened with Peter. Now, immediately before today's scripture, Peter had had probably the high point of his time with Jesus. Jesus had taken him to Caesarea Philippi to, to ask them who they believed that he was. And the disciples are all offering their answers, but Peter speaks up first. Simon, still at the time, Simon speaks up and he says, You're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answers him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father. And from now on, you're no longer Simon, but you're Peter, the word that means rock. And says, On this rock I will build my church. And so, Jesus calls Peter the foundation of the church. Can you imagine how he felt? And Peter had to have been on an incredible high, uh, incredibly confident. And to be honest, Peter and Jesus are, are sounding pretty friendly right here, aren't they? Uh, man, this mutual admiration society going on at that moment. Jesus, the found or Peter, the foundation of the church. And then Jesus goes on to to share the rest of the plan. It's time, he says, for me to go to Jerusalem. When we get there, uh, I'll be arrested. I'll be handed over into other people's hands. I'll be killed. And the third day, I'll rise again. Well, that didn't sound like the plan to Peter. Uh, he didn't like the idea of suffering and death for Jesus or for any of them. He, he wanted to argue that, so Peter pulls his buddy off to the side and says, Lord, it can't be that way. Uh, may, God may never happen. And Peter actually begins to argue against God's will. He said, Jesus has laid out the plan. This is God's plan for how things are going to go. Well, Peter begins to argue against God's plan. And he's got a different idea. Maybe, they, maybe Peter's planning some escape to get away from the trouble so they can go on with the life that they have. Whatever the case, Peter is now opposing God's will. 
Jesus calls him out on it. Jesus calls his friend out on it. He calls Peter Satan. Uh, never in the Gospels is Peter that harsh with anybody. Uh, he calls, he actually calls one of the disciples Satan, the harshest criticism he has for a disciple in the Bible. And then he goes on to say that Peter is now a stumbling block. Just two verses ago, you were the foundation of the church. Now you're a stumbling block. Boy, it's a hard crash. It's a hard fall. But Jesus calls him out. Not because he's mad at Peter. Not because he now hates him. But because Jesus is being a friend to Peter. Jesus is calling Peter out for going against God's will. He disciplines him pretty harshly with the words. He does that with us too. Revelation 3, verse 19, Jesus says, Those whom I love, I discipline and reprove. Now, the word for love there in the original language, Greek, is phileo. Uh, and it's, it's the verb form of the, of the word you might know, philos, which means brotherly love. And so Jesus is saying, Those that I love like, uh, those that I love like siblings, those whom I consider family, I discipline and reprove. Jesus loves us enough to correct us when we get it wrong. When we are living lives that are contrary to God's will, Jesus is willing and courageous enough to step in and discipline us as needed. Now that's not the kind of Christianity we want to hear about these days. It's, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Uh, sometimes we get it wrong and we have a God who is willing to call us out on it. Just like he did Peter. To correct us. Anytime we get outside of love and mercy and justice and forgiveness, anytime we get outside of those core principles of Christianity, Jesus doesn't just go along with it as a buddy. But instead, he opposes it because he hopes for our very best. Jesus is trying to accomplish the very best in us so that we more closely resemble him. And when we don't, he very well may let us know. Now, I'm not saying every bad thing that happens to you is a judgment from God. I don't think that's the way it works. But Jesus corrected Peter. I believe he corrects us as well. But also notice, uh, Jesus didn't kick Peter out of the group. Uh, Jesus still welcomed Peter as one of the twelve. He didn't take the name away. He didn't say, okay, you've got to go back to being Simon. He still invited him to the table. They were still part of the same family, part of the same fellowship. None of that changed. I'm afraid in our time we've kind of lost that dynamic, even in the Christian faith. The idea that, uh, that if, we, if we oppose someone or if we offer correction, that all of a sudden we've got to be enemies. That's not a biblical idea. Peter opposed Jesus. Jesus corrected them, and they were still in the family together. That's the way Jesus is with us. When Jesus corrects us, he's not trying to condemn us. He's trying to make us better. He's not trying to end the relationship. He's trying to strengthen the relationship. I pray that we can be more like that in our relationships. I pray that we can learn to love in spite of disagreements. As one of our church members says, that we can, be, that we can disagree without being disagreeable. Can we learn to love one another 
in spite of differences and be honest enough to provoke one another to good deeds, to encourage one another with the Spirit's help to follow God's will and to correct ourselves when we have strayed from God's will. I'm afraid that uh, too much of our culture right now is on the buddy track. You know, we've, we have this tendency, I believe, to seek out people that agree with us. You know, we want to find people that will hold our same views and not challenge us on anything. They'll just, uh, our, our yes people that will agree with us right down the line and, and then we can all kind of team up and oppose that crowd over there that, uh, that thinks differently and the divisions grow wider and wider. Isn't this a time in our culture where godly friendship could make a difference? Where we could speak the truth to one another in love in ways that would build relationships, not sever them. I pray with God's help that we learn to be the kind of friends with each other that Jesus was to Peter. Perhaps in today's uh, message or in our worship service, something has touched your heart and you'd like to talk more about it. We want to give you the opportunity to connect. Thank you for watching our service, but I'd love for you to connect uh, at other levels with our church. If you'd like to do that, my email address is on the screen right now. I encourage you, reach out to me by email. I would love to hear from you. I would love to find ways that we could include you in the Forest Lake family as we all together continue on this journey of learning how to love God deeply and one another deeply. Amen. Mm -hmm.